I also could use a couple volunteers. So if any of you are available, you're off and say, I could come, just volunteer, maybe sign people in. I don't know what they're going to have you do. I don't think they're going to make you stick anybody. Pretty safe on that. But, <laughs> but if you could come and volunteer and sign, uh, uh, sign people in or whatever, maybe give them snacks. And then you give them one, you eat one. It's a good deal. I'm trying to get on that donut one, but I haven't made it yet. But uh, you, you come and, and let us know if they can come help. They, let Miss Sharon know. They, they definitely are asking for help. And, uh, and then also, of course, next Sunday, uh, big day here, special day here. Brother Joe, Joseph Bryant will be with us, and uh, he is the candidate, as we announced last week, that the search committee is presenting to the church as the next pastor. And so you need to be here and be in your place. Come listen, listen to my brother preach. Good man of God. I'm I'm, I'm excited. He was he was my recommendation as well, and uh, you need to come listen to him. Sunday night will be the night. Next Sunday night will be the night we vote, and so so be in your place next week, and uh, and just excited about the future there. So we're going to go Lord in prayer today. Good to have my brother with me. I'll introduce him a little later, but uh, Pastor Nathan Montgomery with me. How many of you know? How many of y'all know Nathan? Never mind. I'm not introducing him. You already know him. Amen. But uh, it's good to have him with us to preach today. Again, happy Mother's Day. Father, we thank you again for the privilege it is to be here in church, to assemble together today, Lord. And thank you for our Savior that makes it all possible. And Lord, thank you that he loved us so much that even in our wretched, sinful state, Lord, you, you left the glory of heaven to come to this old sin-cursed mud ball to willingly lay your life down, to die on that cross for our sins, to shed your blood, to be buried, to raise again, from the dead, and now, Lord, you're calling all of us unto you. Lord, you said, if I'd be lifted up, I will call all men unto me. So today, Lord, the call is open. If there's one here who's never trusted Christ as their Lord and Savior, my prayer today is they would confess him, they would agree with God they're a sinner, they'd confess that he's the Savior, they would change their mind and put their full weight and confidence in his death, burial, and resurrection, and his finished work for their sins, Lord, and get saved by the grace of God, the glory of God. Lord, for the, the mothers in the room, I pray that you just give them a special day. Thank you for our mothers, just how special they are to us. And, uh, uh, Lord, what a, what a gift they are. Thank you for the, all good gifts come from heaven. That means mamas came from heaven, too, and we just praise you for that. Bless our service. May Jesus be glorified, may be magnified today in all that we do, say, and sing, and especially, Lord, a little later in the preaching and teaching of your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, good morning, everyone. <laughs> Let's go ahead and stand as we jump into the worship part of the service. Uh, it is indeed Mother's Day, and one of the defining characteristics of a mother is to have um, sometimes, uh, well, I, I would never say too much, but uh, an amazing, amazing love for her, her kids, for her family. And that just makes me think of the amazing love that Christ has given us uh, by sending his own son to die for us. Let's go ahead and sing, Love Lifted Me. I was sinking deep in sin, far from the peaceful shore. Very deeply stained within, seeking to rise no more. But the master of the sea heard my despairing cry. Love. 
forgot to mention this song we get our uh, uh, calf extensions in so go ahead and get on your toes for lifted get the blood flowing a little bit let's do the second verse souls in danger look above Jesus completely saves he will lift you by his love out of the angry waves he's the master of the sea Pillows his will obey he your savior wants to be be saved today love of Christ's love that we even have the capacity to love other folks and I hope that uh, you have experienced the love of Christ today and I hope you can say oh how I love Jesus there is a name I love to hear I love to sing its word it sounds like music in my ears the sweetest name seated. 
I guess in front of where you're seated, go ahead and wave to the folks around you. Tell them how it's good to see them this morning. And uh, right now we'll go ahead and have our special music before, before our prayer. And we've got uh, Larry and the gang coming on up. We're definitely thankful uh, for them bringing uh, their talents and presenting them. And so you guys come on. Please forgive us old folks. We slow. Thank God for Coney. He can take up the slack. <laughs> well, happy Mother's Day to all the mamas. And, uh, happy Mother's Day to the mamas that's gone home to be with the Lord. Uh, my mom and, and my wife's mom, Joyce. Uh, my mom passed away in 2002, the day before Mother's Day. And... Uh, about three years later, Joyce's mom passed away, went home to be with the Lord on Mother's Day. I don't know what the significance in that is, but it hurt. And uh, mom, she was 86 when she passed away and uh, spent a lot of evenings sitting by her bedside and uh, just talking about family, talking about the Lord and the things going on in the world and just had a good time, uh, just, just sitting and talking. And I remember one time I went to visit her and uh, she said, you see those little girls standing there at the foot of the bed? And I said, I said, no, Mom. She said, yeah, they've been coming to see me every day. And, you know, I was a young Christian back then. I was kind of dumbfounded, but now uh, I realize those little girls, Mom loved kids. And uh, those little girls were angels that God sent to escort her home. And uh, I want to thank them for those memories. And I hope this song will be a blessing to you. I'll have a heart that will never break again. I remember standing at my mama's bedside As the tears filled up the wrinkles on her face As I held her withered hand she smiled and whispered Son I'm going to live in the bed And I'll have eyes that will never fill with tears I'll have legs that will never ache with pain. I'll have hands that will never age and wither. And a heart that will never heard and read about 
that city where with Jesus we shall live forevermore. There's a mansion in construction for my dwelling, and the streets of gold will run by our front door, and all the eyes of the blind will then be open, and they'll join the victory march with the Lamb, and the deaf who never heard the roar of thunder will rejoice to hear the Savior call their name, and I'll have eyes that will never fill with teardrops. I'll have legs that will never ache with pain. I'll have hands that will never age and wither. And a heart that will never break again. I'll have a heart that will never guys. Thank you guys. At this time we'll go ahead and have a word of prayer before singing our final song and then uh, having Brother Nathan come up and, and, and preach. Right now let's go ahead and ask God to show us himself through his word. Um, again, we're so thankful for the love of God. We're thankful that uh, one day, uh, for those of us who have trusted Christ, he will take us to heaven and he'll give us a new body and, and he'll uh, make all the wrongs right. Uh, let's go ahead and ask God today so that he would show us himself. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for giving us another day. Thank you for the sunshine. I thank you, God, that it's Mother's Day. I pray that uh, today we would look to you, that we would uh, hear from your word, pray that you would give uh, Brother Nathan the words to speak, that we would be attentive, and that you would show yourself clearly and mightily from your word. And I pray that we would leave changed, because of, of experiencing you. I thank you, God, that, that you have promised never to leave us nor forsake us. And how awesome you are, God. I thank you so much um, for, you, for just you and who you are, your holiness, your love. I pray that we would uh, see you today through your word. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, if everyone would go ahead and stand. 
as we sing our final song, How Great Thou Art. And again, as we consider the blessings of mothers and, um, and all the different uh, layers around that, and, and maybe you have lost your mother, whatever feelings may be there, ultimately, uh, God works everything out uh, for good to those who love Him, to those who are called according to His purpose. And, and He is awesome and amazing and great, even just for that one little thing. So let's go ahead and sing How Great Thou Art. my 
Come on up, and how many of you are glad to have Brother Nathan? Would y'all make him a warm welcome with us today? That's one of my favorite songs, too, How Great Thou Art and Truly How Great He Is. Today, so good to be with you on this very special day, special day that we get to come out and gather together and to worship our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and lift our voices up to Him in praise and then to be able to come out and celebrate Mother's Day. What a special day it is. God bless you mothers. Uh, There's something about a mother. You know, when a kid gets hurt, who does he always run to? It's Most of the time it's his mother. And I know today, to some people, it's an emotional day because maybe your mother's not here this year. I know some of you that maybe have mothers in nursing homes like my mother is, that you've not been able to visit them, and I know that's been very hard. And boy, take sure was special a few weeks ago when I finally got to go in and on into my mother's room and hold her hand. Yo, it's like to hold your hand when you go visit. That's the way she does. And I thought about those hands that prepared a lot of meals. Remember, when me and my brother was visiting one day, we was talking about her hands. and I said, those precious hands that's worked so hard over the years. She said, yeah, and those hands that went. <laughs> me and my brother looked at each other and laughed because she believed in the rod of correction. But I thank God for my mom and the sacrifices that she has made. Mom, thank you for the sacrifices that you make each and every day. You've got one of the greatest, most important jobs on the face of the earth in preparing those children for what's coming later on in life. A lot of familiar faces today. Some not so familiar. Brother... J.D. Spence, we go back a long way. Used to be the youth director at the church where I used to pastor. Boy, I have a lot of memories. One particular night, on a youth night, I had took the kids to church, and the band was packed out. And as the kids were getting off, I noticed a pair of handcuffs laying in the floor, and I thought, I need to get rid of these things. This that's going to be a problem. Well, I forgot about them. Kids got back on the van, and sure enough, didn't get going down the road too far. Little old girl says, Preacher, I got these handcuffs on, and I can't get them off. So I stopped the van. It's a toy handcuffs. You're supposed to push this button, and it releases. Not this one. I worked and worked, and the more I worked, the tighter they got. Her wrist started getting red. 
So I thought, I am not taking this kid home in handcuffs. <laughs> I went back to J.D.'s house. I said, J.D., you got a screwdriver or something? And I said, if you, we can't get them off. I said, you're going with me. Because I'm not going to face the fury of a mother alone. <laughs> if I go down today, you're going with me. <laughs> but I never have forgot memories like that. It's so good to be with you this morning. If you got your Bibles, I'd like for you to turn today to the book of 1 Kings, chapter 17. First Kings 17. Last several weeks, a man by the name of Elijah has been on my heart. I just couldn't get away from it. And so today I want us to look at 1 Kings chapter 17. There's so much there that God has to offer us as we see Him grow the faith in Elijah, not only the faith in Elijah, but in the mother that He was going to meet. And my mind really has been a lot on her the last couple of weeks as we approach Mother's Day. And I thought about the different mothers in the Word of God and the widows and and uh, also, we're going to be looking at her today also. But I want us to begin reading at verse 1, chapter 17, 1 Kings. And Elijah the Tishbite, who was of the inhabitants of Gilead, sent unto Ahab, As the Lord God of Israel liveth, before whom I stand, there shall be not be dew nor rain these years, but according to my word. And the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, Get thee hence, and turn thee eastward. And hide thyself by the brook Cherith that is before Jordan. And it shall be that thou shalt drink of the brook. And I have commanded the ravens to feed thee there. So he went and did according unto the word of the Lord. For he went and dwelled by the brook Cherith that is before Jordan. And the ravens brought him bread and fish in the morning. And bread and fish in the evening. And he drank of the brook. And it came to pass after a while that the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. And the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, Arise, get thee to Zarephath, which belongeth to Zidon, and dwell there. Behold, I have commanded a widow woman there to sustain thee. So he arose and he went to Zarephath, and when he came to the gate of the city, behold, the widow woman was there gathering sticks, and he called to her and said, Fetch me, I pray thee, for a little water in a vessel that I may drink. And as she was going to fetch it, he called her and said, Bring me, I pray thee, a morsel of bread in thy hand. And she said, As the Lord thy God liveth, I have not a cake, but a handful of meal in a barrel and a little oil in a cruise. And behold, I am gathering two sticks that I may go in and dress it for me and my son that we may eat it and die. Elijah said unto her, Fear not, go and do as thou hast said, but make me thereof a little cake first, and bring it unto me, and after make for thee and for thy son. For thus saith the Lord God of Israel, The barrel meal shall not waste, neither shall the cruise of oil fail until the day that the Lord send rain upon the earth. And she went and did according to the saying of Elijah, and she and he and her house did eat many days. And the barrel meal wasted not, neither did the cruise of oil fail 
according to the word of the Lord which you spake by Elijah. Let's pray. Father, we're so thankful for these words. God, what an awesome God you are, and we're so glad today to be able to come and just lift our voices of praise up to you. God, we're so thankful for your love and your mercy and for your wonderful grace. God, I pray for that one here today that is struggling, that's having problems and different kinds of, I'm sure families here are having different problems today. I pray that God, through the message, that they would be encouraged. I pray for the one maybe here today who has never accepted Christ as their Savior, that today the Holy Spirit would do a work in their heart. They would show them their need and they would just be obedient to His voice. Thank you, Lord, for what you're going to do in Jesus' name. Amen. Chapter 17, Elijah comes on the scene, and I think we need to go back and study a little bit about history to understand the time that Elijah comes on the scene. For over a hundred years, the Israelites have lived under the reign of three different kings. Most of us know these kings. That was King Saul. Then came along King David. And then came along Solomon. And at the end of Solomon's life, a civil war broke out in, in the nation and it became divided. It became divided into a northern kingdom which was often called Israel and the southern kingdom which was called Judah. And both kingdoms fell to foreign invaders and the Jews were led into captivity. But from the beginning of that division until Israel's captivity, about a period of 200 years, the northern kingdom had 19 monarchs and all of them were wicked. Back to back, all of them were wicked. The southern kingdom, under the leadership of 17 rulers for well over 300 years, eight followed the Lord, but nine were wicked. So it just gives us a little brief history of what it was like during the time of Elijah. And then we see Ahab finally come up on the scene. We'll talk about him just in a moment. But it was a time of bloodshed. It was a time of murder and malice and hatred and idolatry. And it was just a wicked time when Elijah comes up on the scene. I want you to notice what the Bible says in 1 Kings chapter 16, verse 30 about this king by the name of Ahab. And Ahab the son of Umrod did evil in the sight of the Lord above all them that were before him. I don't know about y'all, I wouldn't want to be bragged on like that, would you? I wouldn't want that to be said about me, that I was more evil than all those before me. And then drop on down to verse 33. And Ahab made a grove, and Ahab did more to provoke the Lord God of Israel to anger than all the kings of Israel that were before him. This is the king that Elijah has been called to go before and he had a message from God to, a, uh, to, this, to this king. So he comes on the scene. Elijah just seemed like comes out of nowhere and he comes on the scene. And he stands before Ahab. This was no easy task because a lot of prophets had already been killed. And later on, Jezebel is going to go after him. And a lot of them is going to be killed. And some of them, Obadiah goes and hides some of them. But this prophet by the name of Elijah goes before him. And look what he says to him. And Elijah the Tishbite, who was of the inhabitants of Gilead, said unto Ahab, As the Lord God of Israel liveth before whom I stand, 
There shall not be dew, nor rain these years, but according to my word. He delivers his message. And he tells that there's not going to be any rain for years. This is not just going to be a time that they're not going to have rain for a few months. He said for years there's, there's not going to be any rain. No dew. I mean, this, this was going to be catastrophic. This was going to be a drought that was going to affect everybody. I mean, it was not only affecting the water supplies, but it was going to affect the food sources eventually. And so, it was, it's going, it was going to be a terrible judgment that God was going to send and everybody was going to be affected by it. Even Elijah himself was going to be affected by it. Life-threatening. A life-threatening drought. But he does what God has called him to do. And then the word of the Lord comes to him again. I, I wonder if he was, while Elijah was standing for Ahab, he was thinking, now, now, now that I've delivered the message, what am I going to do? And the Lord comes to him. He tells him the next step now. You know, we don't like it like that, do we? We, we sort of like it when the Lord just lays it all out, don't we? We, we like it when we can see way out there. We, we, don't, we don't like it when we have to go step by step by step. But folks, that's the way our faith grows. It's step by step by step. That's what it means to trust God. To obey Him when even though it, it don't really make any sense to do what He asks you to do and obey Him. He said, Now the word of the Lord came to him saying, Give thee hence and turn eastward and hide thyself by the brook Sheriff that is before Jordan. He tells him to hide. To hide by the brook Sheriff. To, to get out of the limelight. To get out of the public eye and to isolate himself by, there by the brook of Sheriff. He was going to be isolated, not, and not just for a little short time. It was going to be quite, quite a period of time that he was going to be isolated from the rest of the world. That always seems the way that God does when he gets ready to use somebody. Moses was on the backside of the desert for 40 years. Some say that God was preparing him 80 years for the last 40 years of his life. David, from the time that he was a anointed king till the time he actually became king was 15 years that he continued to take care of the sheep isolated getting along with God boy that is so important in our life you know that to get along with God so important I love it when there's nobody at my house and I love my grandkids and my wife and all that I'm not, I'm not complaining there but I like it when I'm just there all by myself and I turn in the Word of God. There's no TV going on. There's no distraction. And it's just me and Him. I don't know how many times in my ministry when I was discouraged and sometimes even questioned whether I'd done the right thing by being called into the ministry. I, I still felt that God had called me, but I, you know, I began to wonder a little bit. And finally one day God came to me while, we were, while I was talking to him, just me and him, and he says, Nathan, who called you to the ministry? 
It was me that called you. And he encouraged me. Oh, David said, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. See what he does for you when you draw nigh to him. The Bible says he'll draw nigh to you. Along with God is so important. Moms, it's so important that you get along with God so he can prepare you to raise those children. And then guess what comes along? Those grandchildren. Oh, man, if you ain't had no grandchildren, you wait. <laughs> it's a wonderful thing. Dads, too, get along with God so He can prepare you and, and your, work in your heart so that you can prepare those children for the life that lays ahead of them. They're going to need that because God's the only one in their life that's not going to change. Everything else in their life is going to change, but not God. He's going to be the same as you prepare them for what lays ahead. I remember the last Wednesday night service we had at church with our youth. and I was teaching them about God and the importance of developing that spiritual relationship. Most of all, the importance of being saved, born again, and then growing in that relationship with the Lord, that, that, that personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And I told them, I said, everything in your life is going to change. But I said, he won't change. And I said, you need to prepare now because he'll, he'll, he'll be what helped get you through those hard times. Little did I know what was coming. Little did I know the next Sunday night that COVID, you know, COVID and everything was shut down. I wouldn't even expected that change. But moms and dads, you prepare them. What a blessing children are as you prepare them for life, prepare them to serve the Lord. I know sometimes that can be a pain. <laughs> I'm sure I was. Don't you? I'm sure we all was. Sometimes they'll embarrass you. I remember standing in line one time, my youngest son never met a stranger. And so he couple that was standing in front of him, he took up a conversation with. And he says, you know what my mom and daddy does? He said, no, what do they do? He said, my dad's a stripper and my mom's a twister. Man looked at me funny and I said, please let me explain. I said, I strip airplanes to paint them. My wife works at a textile mill and she twists yarn together. <laughs> I said, so let me just be clear on that. God has called us to be an example. Not enough for them just to hear it from behind the pulpit, but they need to hear it at home. And most importantly, they need to hear it and see it at home. And how important that their personal relationship to Christ is. I want to give you a good example of this. Several years ago, I lost, we lost our granddaughter to a car accident. First close death that ever hit our home, and it was, it was hard. 
Courtney had lived with us for two or three years, and we were trying to help her dad get her on the right track. And she made some bad decisions. We've all made foolish choices. And anyhow, she ended up getting killed in an automobile accident. And I remember going with my son to view the body after they had prepared it for the service. And I remember him walking up to that casket and just began to sob. You know, as much as I love Kirk, as his father, I couldn't do what he needed. I couldn't give him what he needed. But he bowed his head and he called upon God and he says, Oh God, please help me. I can't handle this by myself. And God comforted him. I'm so glad that he had chose Jesus Christ as his Savior. And I'm so glad that he knew to call upon the one that could comfort him, the great comforter. I'm so glad he had a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Now in the end, you may do your best and it will be their decision. And we need to understand that too. You can't force them to be a Christian. That's something they have to accept in their own heart and life. But I want you to go on as he's in isolation now. And he's drinking by the brook that shareth. And oh, I love this next verse. And it shall be. That thou shalt drink of the brook, and I have commanded the ravens to feed thee there. <laughs> I've done told the ravens, I've done made arrangements, and they're going to be bringing you fish and bread each day. Think about that, folks. Now, that ain't normal, is it? That's not normal, but he commanded these ravens. What an awesome God we serve. And he was at the place, he was there, he was at the place that God had told him to go. If he hadn't have been there, that's where the ravens, well, if he'd been anywhere else, the ravens wouldn't have been there because he done gave them the address as to where to take it. Isn't that amazing, folks? You know, a lot of times we read old verses like that and don't think much about it, but isn't that amazing what God is doing? So he went and did according unto the word of the Lord, for he went and dwelt by the brook sheriff that is before Jordan. And the ravens brought him bread and flesh in the morning and bread and flesh in the evening, and he drank of the brook. Step by step, God is leading him. He's pretty well got it made. I mean, a lot of the prophets, they're hiding in caves. They're getting bread and water. He's getting bread and fish, bread and meat. I mean, he's doing pretty good. But guess what happens? The brook dries up. Boy, don't you hate when that happens? Don't you hate it when you're going along in life and everything's going good and then all of a sudden you get blindsided. All of a sudden, everything changes. And your brook dries up. Might be your health. It might be your finances. It might be your relationships. 
but it dries up. You know, it's easy to trust Him. It's easy to have faith when your barns are full. It's easy to trust Him when things are going all right, but when the book dries up, what do you do then? Well, you need to trust Him. You need to keep faith. That's when you're going to grow. That's when your roots is going to go deep. You learn to trust Him. You know what? I know that I can trust Him because His Word tells me so, but I know that I can trust Him because I know what God has done in my life over the years. I've experienced it like David. Oh, taste and see that God is good. He is good. Now what? He looks and the brook is dried up, the mud is dried up. And the word of the Lord, and once again, came unto him saying, Arise and get thee to Zarephath, and that word Zarephath means smelting pot, which belongeth to Zidon, and dwell there. And behold, I have commanded a widow woman there to sustain thee. Now, a lot of this, once again, doesn't seem to make a whole lot of sense. He has to pull up from where he has been hid for so long. And it's about a hundred mile trip. He's not able to catch a bus. He don't have a vehicle to drive there. It's a journey that he has to take by foot. It's a hard trip. It's in a time of great famine. He, he, sees, he sees the results of the famine as he's traveling these hundred miles. Not only that, he knows that Ahab's out there looking for him also. And the very place that he is going to is the actual home of Jezebel, the woman that Ahab had married that introduced Baal worship. And he's actually headed to her hometown. And then God tells him, I have commanded there a widow woman to sustain thee. Not somebody that was wealthy, not somebody that was well off, but a widow woman. And not only was she, and there were a lot of widow women there. The book of Luke tells us about this. Christ talks about this particular widow, that God chose her out of all the widows. But this was a poor widow. Because look what was going on. And so he arose and went, verse 10, to Zarephath. And when he came to the gate of the city, behold, the widow woman was there gathering up sticks, and he called to her and said, Fetch me, I pray thee, a little water in the vessel that I may drink. And as she was going to fetch it, he called her and said, Bring me, I pray thee, a morsel of bread in, the, in thy hand. And she said, As the Lord thy God liveth, I have not a cake. But a handful of meal and a barrel and a little oil and a curse. And behold, I am gathering two sticks that I may go in and dress it for me and my son that we may eat it and die. This, I, w I want you for just a few moments to think about this little winter woman. She's, she's not had it easy since her husband died. She's left to raise this child by herself. That's never easy. To provide for this child herself. And she's come to that place because of the drought. Food is so scarce. She's down to that last meal. 
You know, that's terrifying to a mother. Down to her last meal. I, I don't feel like this mother got much sleep the night before, do you? As she was contemplating this last meal, and then they were going to die, die of starvation. I can't imagine the agony that this widow woman was going through. And then here comes along Elijah. She, she, she don't have much of a future, but she's going to have a bright future real soon because of some decisions she's going to make. Some of you may look around and you don't think your future is too bright. You just hang in there. You keep believing and trusting God. Let me ask you, how about your relationship with Him? How long has it been since you got along with Him? Isolated yourself with Him. Do you have areas in your life that you need to improve on? I seen a sign a while back that really stuck to me and stuck to my mind. And I don't remember things real good, but I remember this one. If you don't change today, tomorrow will be the same. That's, that's true, isn't it? If you don't change today, tomorrow will be the same. This woman had a decision to make. Because you know what Elijah said? Verse 11, as she was going to fetch the water, he says, I pray thee, Bring me, I pray thee, a morsel of bread in thine hand. Verse 11. And she said, as the Lord thy God. I don't believe this woman uh, knew the Lord. As the Lord thy God liveth, I have not a cake, but a handful of meal in a barrel and a little oil in a cruise. And behold, I am gathering two sticks that I may go in and dress it for me and my son that we may eat it and die. And die. She had a decision to make. Notice what he says. Don't you fear, verse 13, go and do as thou hast said, but make thereof a little cake, make me thereof a little cake first, and bring it unto me, and after make for thee and thy son. You just do as I told you. Bring me a cake first. Now be honest, mothers. Honest. If I came knocking at your door, and you was down to your last meal for you and your child, and I <laughs> told you, and you told me, you know what she just said, and I said, you go make me one first. You're going to say, you don't look like you need no cake in it. No, you ain't. That's going to be a hard decision. Do I feed my son? Or do I feed this man that I don't even know, really? I mean, he's just come into my life. And he's telling me these things. Do I believe him? She had a decision to make. Oh, how she loved her son. And she's been clutching. She's been holding close to her bosom that last meal, that last little bit of meal and that last little bit of oil. She's been hanging on to it. 
And now God is saying to her to let it go. This prophet is telling her to let it go. You may be here today, and you know what? You've got a decision to make. And I believe whenever we go to a church service or where it may be, and we get on the preaching of God's Word and the teaching of God's Word, a lot of times we have decisions to make. As the Holy Spirit speaks to our heart, will I obey or will I go ahead and go my own way? Will I continue in the way I'm going? You know, I think of the prodigal son. He was on his way to a far country. And all he had to done was to turn around and made the right decision and went back home. I love the message I heard one time by E.V. Hill, black preacher. Boy, he could preach. And he said, that old prodigal son, every time he'd go to feed them old hogs, said them old hogs would grunt. And he said, I believe if you can interpret, they were saying, go home, go home. Don't continue in the direction you make that decision. Turn around. Turn around. Go back. Run back to God. This woman made the right decision. You see, not only was God growing Elijah's faith, he was growing this widow's faith. And he told her, so don't you be afraid. You do what I've told you. You, you, you serve me first, and then there'll be enough for thee and thy son. Notice what it says in verse 14. He says, For thus saith the Lord God of Israel, The barrel of the meal shall not waste, neither shall the cruels of all fail, until the day the Lord sendeth rain upon the earth. And she went and did according to the saying of Elijah. She and he and her house did eat many days. And the barrel of meat wasted not, neither did the crews of oil fail, according to the word of the Lord, which he spake by Elijah. Because of her decision, that which she held so tightly, she finally does what he asked her to do. And now it was in God's hands to take care of them. Why is it it's so hard for us sometimes to put it in God's hands. We keep trying to hold it tight. We keep clutching to it. And God is saying, give it to me. Give it to me. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden. I'll give you rest. Come to me. Let me have it. We do that when we come to accept Him as Lord and Savior. We give Him our sins, don't, he? don't we? And He shows us His grace and His mercy. Why? You know, and I still find myself holding on. I remember one time I was dealing with a particular problem and, and I don't know how long it went until it was just like the Holy Spirit says, when, when are you going to pray and ask God about this thing? You've been carrying it around for so long and guess what? I, I finally prayed about it. Nothing changed, but I felt better. I felt peace about it. Many days, a year, at least a year or maybe more, that every day when they got up to eat breakfast, there was always just enough meal 
and just enough oil to make another cake for another day. You know what we like? We like we like, we like to get up and say, "Well, Lord, won't you just just won't, won't, won't you just go ahead and fill that pot up?" <laughs> I, I, I'd rather just go ahead and fill it up. I, you know, I don't want to have to wait till morning to make sure there's still going to be enough in there. No, that's faith. That's, that's trust in Him. And you know what? A, that is a beautiful picture of just the way our God is. How that His grace is always sufficient. I like what Lamentation says in the book, chapter 3, verses 22 and 23. It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed because His compassions fail not. For they are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. Great is thy faithfulness. And I imagine as they sit there at the breakfast table and she watched the life of Elijah, Elijah, he was being example before her, and it was impacting her life. Her life. We as Christians, when we Walk with Christ day after day, day in and day out. Through the good times, through the hard times, difficult times, there are people watching us. And when they see a life that is consistent with what we say, but they see a life that's consistent with what the Word of God says, you know, you can talk all day, but if they see that in your daily life, that sets an example before them, and that speaks to them whether you know it or not. So important that we maintain that relationship with Him. But the trying time's not over. Things are going good. They're being fed every day. Verse 17. It came to pass after these things that the son of the woman, the mistress of the house, fell sick. And his sickness was so sore that there was no breath left in him. Her son becomes sick. How long he was sick, I don't know, but it came to the point the Bible says there was no breath left in him. Her one and only child, her son, that she loved so much, was gone. You know, when, when I lost my granddaughter, like I said, that was the closest death that had ever really been in my family. I, I'd lost my mother-in-law, my father-in-law. But when we lost Courtney, she was, she was like a daughter to us. It really hit home. I remember when I got the word, it was just like, and you hear people say this, when I got the word, it's just like the whole world stopped. That's, and that's the way it seemed in my life. The whole world just seemed to stop. I can't imagine losing a child. I mean, it's beyond comprehension. And this, this woman so loved this child. I mean, no doubt she was a, a wonderful mother, but she's going to be even a better, better mother, as we're going to see. And she says unto Elijah, she's upset. Naturally, she's grieving. She's hurt. 
She's brokenhearted. And she says to Elijah, What have I to do with thee, O thou man of God? Or thou come to call my sin to remembrance? You see, she's blaming Elijah. And, 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 but she's also beginning to realize there's some things in her life that ain't just right. And because of the example that Elijah has been setting, she's been convicting in her heart about some things. And she begins to talk about my sin. But have you called my sin into remembrance? Is this what God is doing to me because of my sin? And I love what Elijah does. He doesn't say, it's not my fault. He doesn't say, well, the reason you're still living and the reason your son lives so long is because of the miracle that God put... No, he doesn't argue with her. He understands that she's brokenhearted. He's hurt too. And she just listens to her. And he said unto her, Give me thy son. And he took him out of her bosom and carried him up into the loft where he abode and laid him upon his own bed. And he cried unto the Lord. And he said, O Lord my God, hast thou also brought evil upon the widow with whom I sojourned by slaying her son. He, he, he's almost looks like he's stepping out of line, isn't he? That he's questioning God. Me and my wife were talking the other morning about these very scriptures. And I said, you know what? I said, that verse blesses me. I said, I know he was stepping out of line. But I said, you know what that showed me? It's human. You know, we forget sometimes we're human. We all make mistakes. I remember at Courtney's funeral, the black, black preacher got up to preach. Her and her boyfriend, her boyfriend was killed also in that accident. And he was talking about this young man. And he said, you know what? He said, this young man was safe. But he said, he had made some foolish choices. He said, you know what? We forget about the foolish choices we make. We all as humans make foolish choices. And I think Elijah, it's just showing us once again. And folks, you get to studying great men and women of the Bible, you'll find out that they were all just human. That gives me new hope, don't it? That when we mess up, get up and go again. Then he stretches himself. Upon the child three times, and he cries unto the Lord and said, Oh Lord, my God, I pray thee, let this child's soul come into him again. And the Lord heard the voice of Elijah, and the soul of the child came into him again, and he revived. And Elijah took the child and brought him down out of the chamber into the house and delivered him unto his mother. And Elijah said, See, thy son lives. Wouldn't you love to have been there? Wouldn't you love to have seen the expression on this widow's face, this mother's face, as her son lives once again 
Now notice what this woman says. This faith has changed her. The example she sees in the life of Elijah has changed her. No doubt this miracle has changed her. And the woman said to Elijah, Now by this I know that thou art a man of God, and that the word of the Lord in thy mouth is Her life was changed. Because of her obedience, because of her decision to give to God what she had been holding on to, she thought was the very end. I love to hear the testimonies of people who were got to the bottom of the barrel so speaking, in her life. Just no place to go. No one else to turn to. God finally gets your attention and they look up. And they finally give their heart and their life to Him and He turns their whole life around. Do you know that joy today? you know for sure beyond a shadow of a doubt that Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior of your life? I hope so. If not, you can today before you leave. Or maybe you're here today and you say, Preacher, I've gotten away. I've not, I've not got along with God. I've not got along in His Word. I've not got along with Him in prayer like I should. And I, I can tell my life, you know, the Christian life, folks, is something that you've got to keep working. Not for our salvation. That's been settled. But Keep working to grow in the Lord. To be used of Him. To be able to set an example before others and others around us will be changed. And you need to make a decision today. You need to say, Lord, I'm sorry. Forgive me. And start changing today. Then tomorrow will be different. As we bow our heads in prayer and we're asked to come and Sing a song of imitation, and as I walk down front, if you're here today, I invite you to come to this altar to make that decision. You know, that, that first step's always the hardest. Make that first step to say, yes, Lord, I'm listening to you. I'm listening to your voice. I'm being obedient to you. I don't, I don't truly understand just yet what you're trying to do in my life, but I trust you. I'm placing my faith in you. We all stand. Would you come? Anybody? We all stand to our feet. Would there be anybody today that would come? can make that decision for you. Just like I was talking about my son. We tried to bring him up right. We made a lot of mistakes along the way. He made a lot of foolish choices. Most of the time our children do. We do the best that we can and then sometimes we feel like failures. 
But in the end, I do know the Bible says train up a child in ways to go when he is old, he'll not depart from it. And I do believe that. But they have to make that final decision. Yes, Jesus, I accept you as my Lord and Savior. I believe that you bled and died for me on the cross and rose again on the third day. And then they have to be ready to accept the decision, make the choices that the Word of God tells them to as they get along with Him and study His Word. Well, thank you so much for being here today. I've enjoyed being with you today in the service. Continue to pray one for another. Amen. You know, regardless where I go, I can go into a church, don't know nobody, but I feel like I'm at home. You're my brothers and sisters in Christ. We're all over the world. Amen. God bless you. If you wouldn't mind, just come on to the back so folks can see you and uh, talk to you on the way out, elbow you, whatever they're doing today. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> uh, but if you're, what a great message, what a great challenge. Amen. Thankful for the word of God being proclaimed today. Thankful for his friend. He thought he was retired. You may retire from the pastor, but you never retire from preaching. Amen. And so I'm thankful we have my friend with us today, and and what a great challenge. We're going to sing one more song on the way out, and uh, so if you do that tonight. Please join as we sing Redeemed. Mother's Day.